Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, a series of ancient pilgrimages across Europe, finishing at the cathedral housing the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James in Santiago de Compostela. Now, earlier this week, the Pilgrim's Office in Santiago announced it had issued 300,000 Compostelas this year. It's widely accepted for every Compostela issued, there is a pilgrim who doesn't finish it, or chooses not to collect a Compostela, or walks just a section of the Camino with a view to returning again. So it's clearly becoming more popular each year. And a reason for that is probably best summed up by something that popped up on my Facebook feed this week, a Norwegian proverb. Only one who wanders finds a new path. Well, my guest this week is the American pilgrim Michael M. Palsisko. And this is one of those interviews where I have to concede I don't know a lot about my guest. Michael's on the line from Cleveland, Ohio. Pilgrim, welcome. Dan, it's great to be here. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak on your podcast. A little bit myself, I've I've been a ninth grade math teacher for 20 years in Cleveland, Ohio, Uh, at Cleveland Central Catholic High School. And the way this all started was through the movie The Way. I I saw it uh, at at actually St. Ignatius High School on a a retreat. And the movie just touched me so much uh, with Martin Sheen that I uh, actually, it it moved my soul. I went out and bought a ticket that week to go on the Camino Francais. What year was that? That That was uh, September of 2016. So I planned my Camino uh, for September, uh, or excuse me, for uh, July of 2017, and uh, I bought a ticket, and I bought the little guidebook and everything, and uh, the biggest thing is I wanted to offer it up for my deceased sister, my deceased father, because I think in life, Dan, we forget about the deceased, you know, and there's this little hole in your heart where you need to find healing and comfort. And I thought through the Camino that I could find some answers and meaning to life. So I always ask my guests if they're spiritual people. You clearly are. Yeah, I, you know, at one time I wanted to become a Holy Cross brother. And uh, I always believed that the greatest relationship is a mystical relationship with Jesus Christ. And on the Camino, I mean, you, you know, you experience true suffering. I had, I mean, several blisters, toenails still fell off. But uh, I met so many beautiful souls, and I call them my angels that helped me get through the Camino. And you really, you feel the presence of God. You do. You feel God walking right with you. Yeah, I was talking with a friend of mine, someone with whom I walked this year, and he said the most amazing thing about the Camino is it gives you another perspective. He says he now looks at things differently. It's true, isn't it? I'm a better man. I mean, I, I was, I'm a better man, and I... Uh, I I would actually, yes, I would agree with that because you find uh, in suffering, and you do suffer, you know what's important in life. And you become just a better human being through the Camino. It's it's very powerful, very mystical. um, Just it's, but you can't do it alone. There's so many beautiful souls that you meet on the Camino that help you get through the Camino. Because there's a lot of peaks and valleys, a lot of emotions you go through walking the Camino. How do you describe it to people, Michael? I would say it's, it's the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life. And I found, I finally uh, found the meaning to my life. And I found out that the greatest gift of life is giving of oneself. Like I helped other people on the Camino that were down and just wanted to give up. And then that's the easy thing to do to give up. 
I said, in life, you're, you know, if you, if you deal with a tough situation, you just can't give up because anybody can quit a tough situation. I said, this is going to, this is going to be tough. It's meant to be tough, but you've got to get through it. Just like every, every day is a Camino. Life is a Camino. It's a lot of peaks and valleys. And, that, and that's what the Camino is. It teaches you not to give up and to have faith in yourself and in God. Yeah. So, so let's take a step back. At the very beginning of the, of, of the podcast, you said there that you walked for your deceased sister and father. How long ago, yes. how long ago had you lost them, if I may? My, my whole purpose was this, this Camino Francais was to, to honor my deceased sister and father. My, my, my sister suffered with, with a drug addiction known as she died of a heroin overdose. Oh. September 13, 2010, and my father died of lung cancer. December 24th, 1986. So what I want to do is pay it forward. I want to experience their suffering and their pain. And at what t- at one time, uh, Dan, I always wondered if my sister was in heaven or hell. But I'll tell you something. She's in heaven. She, My father and her helped me get through that Camino. They were with me as angels because I wanted to give up. I did. Because I've never done anything like this in my life. I never carried a backpack. I just did it because that movie touched me so much it got to my soul where i broke down i was crying in tears and that's that's not like that's not what i do and i never saw this movie it was a retreat a catholic retreat and the retreat director showed this movie i never i never even heard of this movie i never heard of the camino until this movie and then something came upon me the camino calls you dan you don't call it certain people out throughout the world are called to the camino I I never knew about this Camino Francais. I, I I never even heard of it. If it wasn't for that September, I saw it on uh, September thirteenth, two thousand sixteen, and that changed my life. It's it was unbelievable. And unbelievable is, is that September thirteenth? Is that the same day as your sister passed away? It is the same. Yes, it is. My sister died wow. September thirteenth. That is a that's amazing. You know, Dan, I never thought of that. What? I never. Are you kidding I ne- me? No. You're the first person that brought that to my Whoa. mind. I never, Whoa. never happened. Never even. That's God. That's, that's her. That's amazing. Because so, I always doubted if she was. I mean, I, I, I know I shouldn't think that way, but I did. Well, naturally. I did think I mean, that. That's, well, you, you could be forgiven for thinking that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you know, I mean, I mean, oh gosh, we don't want to get in the whole discussion about heroin, but it's touched my life very, very closely. Not me, myself. I've never, never had the addiction, but the addiction has very touched me very very closely and it is vulgar and it yes. is, it is the most putrid it's just evil personified and we don't want to get into that we're not here to no. talk about that no. but but let's let's go back to to the camino and and talk about sure. the physical challenge you said you 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 did it tough and, and you offered up that suffering it's something that christians as and I was born and bred a christian that that it's something that we're taught aren't we we can offer up our suffering how, Absolutely. How, how did you cope? Tell us about the the, the nuts and bolts of it. Well, the, the first, okay, what we what I okay, my Camino started at three a.m. from Cleveland, Ohio. I wanted to save some money, so I flew out of Toronto Pearson International Airport. So you fly from Toronto to uh, to North Carolina to Madrid, and then Brits, France. So then I got there. I took a like a like a train, and we stayed in Saint Jean Pied de Port. And I was never a hiker. First. I the Pyrenees mountains and there was a mist and like mist I've never seen in my life and just walking eight kilometers up a mountain that was just suffering right there the terrain itself the wear and tear on your body 
parts of Spain were, you know, the Meseta was so, so hot. It was the desert and people would put thoughts in your head, your head, like the Meseta, like they, they would like scare you. The Meseta was like, I thought it was beautiful. Yes, yeah, so I personally do. thought it was beautiful. Yeah, same here. But you'd talk to, to you know, the, the one lady that I met, Izzy from Canada, she, this was her seventh Camino. And she says, Mike, the Meseta is, is people die in the Meseta. I said, well, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to get through. She scared me a little bit. And I thought it was beautiful. I thought the Meseta was beautiful. Just the different terrains. Like, you know, you're going up mountains, you're going down rocks and uh, you're stumbling. And a couple of times my, uh, my, you know, my hiking sticks actually saved me from falling. The terrains, the guidebook helps you, but there's so many different terrains that you go through. You go through like an urban setting. You go through mountains. You go through a desert. You go through like uh, kind of out of like um, out of uh, what's the what's the movie Lord of the Rings kind of setting. Yeah, the beauty yeah. Yeah. Of, of just the beauty of nature, and you're so liberated and so free. It, it's just it's it's actually the suffering is beautiful. But it's just, you know, on my feet, I had nine blisters. Uh, I had cramps. I had uh, swollen feet where I actually had to throw out my shoes and get a pair of sandals because my feet swelled up so bad that I, they didn't fit. And I and I had these hiking shoes from L.L. Bean that I trained with, and they really they weren't the right kind of shoe. Because you're not, you're not walk. I, w- I walked every day, 30, 31 days straight, 480 miles, didn't take one break. The way I would train is I would walk, you know, 11 miles here every two weeks, 15 miles. And you don't walk every day like that, but your feet swell up. Yeah. I mean, you experience true pain. Your back, you, my fingertips went numb because of the, uh, I think I have a little carpal tunnel because of the hiking sticks. You, you know, you're pushing those hiking sticks. So you experience emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain. I mean, any kind of pain you can think of you experience it yeah yeah and and yet why do you think we feel this need to get away from the hustle and bustle of modern life can i ask you that because you know something um i believe christians are in the world not of the world it it liberates you and it makes you free and something about nature connects you to god nature connects you to god and you're there you're you know you're in the mountains you're you see the beautiful green mountains of france the beautiful trails of spain something about nature takes you away from the hustle bustle of life of paying bills going to work and what made me get through the camino was the people that you meet from all over the world these beautiful angels and souls that i met and they encourage you and they walk with you and i really believe dan we're all wounded and we're all broken and we're looking for the meaning to life and answers to life so what is the camino trying to tell us then if we're looking for answers what is it trying to tell us I think it's 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 trying to, uh, to let us know that there is hope. If you're in a really tough situation where you've got holes in your heart, the Camino gives you hope that it's not always going to be like this. You're not going to think that your sister's in hell, and you're going to find out that she really is in heaven, and you get the answers that we bury deep inside of us that we don't want to face. The Camino gives you hope. And like I said, Dan, the Camino calls you, you don't call it. Yeah, and, and taking that a step further, people say, don't they, Michael, that the Camino doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. There's a spirit. There's a spirit of the Camino. And I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I'm, um, 
I'm going, I'm going to La Faba, right? I'm going up that mountain, that steep mountain yeah, where it's yeah. kind of a road and, there, and there's a bike trail, right? And then there's the regular trail. Well, I try to take the bike trail and stay on the road. Well, I was like, I would say I went about, uh, I'd say about uh, eight kilometers out of the way. Okay. I walked basically the wrong way, eight kilometers. So I had to walk back uh-huh. and I had to find my way. I got lost. I got off the Camino and I got lost and it was getting late at night. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to find an albergue. And there was a family that was walking back. And they helped me get back because I was kind of tired. I was, you know, you walk like, I walk like 10-hour days, 11-hour days. Because you'd stop in the cafe, you'd talk to people. And I wanted to make it my Camino. I know there was people that would walk it in five hours. You know, would do it in five hours. Say you're doing, you know, 16 to 24 kilometers that day. And they would do it in like record number, you know, record-setting time. Yeah. I'd walk at my own pace and I'd want to talk to the people. And that's, I wanted a communal family. And this family that was walking uh, to La Faba helped me get back to the right path because I took the bike trail and one of the markers, now the yellow arrows yeah. pointed the wrong way was pointed. The right, it broke off and I just followed the yellow arrow, but it was the wrong way. No. It, that's the God's truth. It was like this family that I just, saw and i asked them to help me get back and they did and they and i got back on the right trail but the camino kind of like scolds you for not having faith in yourself you can't cheat you can't cheat the camino because i try to you know okay i'm gonna stay on the bike trail no no you stay on with the camino you know the spirit of the camino guides you I love it. That's fantastic. You're, True. <laughs> you can't go. You can't go against the spirit because yeah, you can't. it knows what you need. That's exactly knows right. Knows what you need. And you're American. So I'm Australian, yes. right? We come from lands of plenty. Absolutely, yeah. we're spoiled. And that's Americans po- are spoiled. And so are Australians. Spoiled. And I think that's probably too. Perhaps you agree. Why we yearn for kind of a simpler life and the pilgrim. All you need is is what's on your back. It's a metaphor for life. Get rid of all the other stuff, right? Absolutely. You know, you take you take about I'd say um, about a ten pound pack, which is a lot still. Took two pairs of clothes, two pairs of shorts, two shirts, and, and that's pretty much it. And I had one pair of shoes that I had replaced with sandals that I found in Spain uh, on top of a mountain, a little shop. That's that was God too. I found that, you know, my feet were in so much pain. So I decided to, you know, because the one little toe, the nail came off and it was, oh. it swelled up so much. It was, I was going to cut the shoe, Dan, but I decided not to. And I said, I'm going to find some sandals and open my feet up. And I was, you know, I was up in, um, correct me if I say this wrong, Osasario. Osasario. Yeah. Yes. And I was up there and I was kind of feeling bad for myself. I was on the side of the road and here comes this Polish youth group. And I was looking at my blisters, feeling a little bad. And the one blister started to bleed a little bit. And here comes this Polish youth group. And there was a doctor in that youth group. And he worked on my feet with this antibiotic and took the needle with a little, like, you know, like uh, thread at yeah, the end, yeah, popped yeah. my blisters and put ointment on them. 45 minutes, he worked on my feet. Now, there's an angel because yeah. I was kind of down. I was thinking about quitting. And uh, this guy kind of, like, you know, gave me hope. Because my feet were in such pain, and that was an angel that came along, and there were many angels that came along, and that's just an example how there was a little a doctor in this Polish youth group worked on my blisters for forty five minutes and saved my Camino. That's fantastic. 
And I can't imagine how much pain you would have been in because that's the hardest day, for me anyway, uh, that was the hardest day walking up to Osobrero was the hardest day. And if your feet it are was, really painful, that is true suffering, my friend. That's, that's it was brutal. heavy. It was brutal going up that, that mountain. I mean, it was unbelievable. But I got up there, and there was the little village up there and the little shop with the sandals, and I'm thinking, yes. Yes, I made it. Because once you, go, you, know, once you get um, to what's that, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong, the Galicia region. The Galicia region. Yeah, yeah, Galicia. You know what? Yeah. Galicia, that is like, you're, you're there. You're almost to Casa de Santiago, Spain. You're almost to the Shrine of St. James. You're right there. You know, you're, you're feeling it. I can do this. Once you get up that mountain, you have so much confidence in yourself that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my Camino. And like I said, the angels and the beautiful souls that come along and encourage you and help you. Because you're really not alone. You might walk alone, but you're not alone. You're never alone. So let me ask you about that then with your Christian faith. What do you think Jesus, yes. what do you think Jesus would make of all of this, the Camino? I think Jesus basically uh, would say that the Camino is, is a true test of how much faith you have in God. Because along the Camino... The devil comes in your mind and says, why are you doing this? You need to quit. Go home. Quit. And God tests you. And Jesus tests you. It's a test how much you believe in God and how much faith you have in God. It it tests your faith and and your belief system because I think in life we quit on ourselves because the devil tempts us every day to quit a tough situation. And we do it in many different ways, in relationships, jobs people the problem in america we live in a disposal society we're constantly quitting on people and our faith and our beliefs and ourself and and the camino truly tests how much faith and love you have for jesus christ himself because he gives you free will and it's a choice that you make and it it shows the love that i had for my sister and my father to go on this walk that was totally out of my comfort zone to, to pay it forward and not to think of myself but to give it myself and what did christ do he gave of himself he was crucified if you're a christian he loved us all christians so much that he died for us he suffered for our sins what did you learn about yourself michael walking the camino do you think i think i learned about patience you know, I, I'm a school teacher, and sometimes I wasn't patient with my students when they didn't get the answer right, or I wasn't patient with their behaviors. You truly learn about patience because you don't get to your destination in a minute, an hour. It takes all day, and you're going to face a lot of things on the Camino, the terrain, the heat, the weather. You, you have to be patient, you know, and just Take your time, one step at a time, and just be patient. And it helped me be patient with, with, with my students, with my family, you know, situations in life that might happen to you, and you kind of, you know, get a little anxiety about it. It helped me with patience and, and strength to be more uh, patient in life. And I think a lot of people, you know, we lack that sometimes. Yeah, that's for sure. And if I can tell you, if you can come back with a bit more patience, that's one of the most valuable things you could possibly come back with. Absolutely, Dan. Absolutely. Let's talk some nuts and bolts. And you mentioned about your training, how you could have done more. 
Uh, did you did you walk alone most days, or did you walk with other people? Well, uh, initially I started with my my cousin Annie and Lou Dragley, but now they they've walked. Okay, they're experienced hikers. They've walked the Appalachian Trail, they've walked the Grand Canyon, they've walked the Pacific Northwest. They are hikers. I'm not. But the way I trained with them was in in Ohio called the Buckeye Trail, and the Buckeye Trail basically is a trail that goes throughout the state of Ohio. We did five hikes. We started out with a five mile hike. Uh, a nine mile hike, an 11 mile hike, and a 13 mile hike, and a 15 mile hike. And initially, I started walk, to walk with them, but I couldn't keep up with them. So I decided for me to have a, a good experience from this Camino, I have to walk by myself. I have to walk on my own. So I started walking by myself and I started walking longer to get ahead of them a little bit because, you know, you have the guidebook and you, yeah. you, know, you, you go to certain cities. They were there so fast. There was one, one, uh, there was one evening that all the Albergis booked up. So I walked another eight kilometers and I found an Alberti, but they would get there like in six hours. It would take me 10 because I wasn't as fast as them. And when I tried to keep up with them, I really wasn't, you know, it was like, it was more to more to them. It was more like, uh, it was on their bucket list. You know, they've walked, they've walked the Appalachian trail, which is 2,400 miles. They've done the Pacific Northwest. They've done part of the Grand Canyon. They're, they were experienced hikers. He was a tri- he was a tri oh, it's a triathlete. Tri- he's not, he's a, he's into triathlons. Her husband, bike, swim, and run. They're they're into this. I'm not. I'm just a school teacher from Cleveland that saw a movie and you know that's it. I'm nobody. They're like the real deal. So I decided to walk by myself, but I really wasn't alone. I met some you know. All my friends, I have like 40 new friends on Facebook from the Camino, from Germany, from uh, South Korea, from uh, France, from Spain, from Italy. I mean, from Australia, Uh, all my friends, all these beautiful souls that touched my life, helped me really were walking with me. I mean, you could be walking for miles, Dan, and here comes someone out of nowhere, out of nowhere. You start talking to them. And you find out about their lives. You know, yeah. you find out, you know, why are you know why are you on the Camino? Yeah. And you have a bond. It's yeah. a beautiful bond. Yeah. It's like your Camino family. It's it's a beautiful I can't describe it, but it's it's like you have this family, this Camino family. And every pilgrim I've ever talked to said, You have a family there and you really do. You're not really alone. And they're looking out for you. Yeah, and it's a kind of intense, you know, you can spend time with somebody, you might walk with them for a day. Then, the, you know, you're sleeping in the bunk next to them that night. You have dinner with them. You're up the next day. You walk with them again and again and again. It's this kind of intense relationship because that's all there is to do. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're there, all, there's you nothing else. And, and there. You, you eat, eat, walk, and sleep. That's it. That's Did you listen to music, Michael? You know, I, I, uh, I, I really didn't listen. I didn't have, like, uh, earbuds or anything like that. I pretty much I wanted to reflect. I prayed. I'd pray every morning for my deceased sister, my deceased father. Yeah, yeah. I would say the rosary as I walked. And uh, I know there was some great German music that my one friend had, like German rock and roll. My one friend from Germany, German John, I called him. And he kind of let me listen a little bit, but I really didn't understand it. But you know something? He didn't know one lick of English, and I didn't know one lick of German, but we were the best of friends. Yeah. We bonded. Yeah. We bonded. He couldn't speak English, and I couldn't speak German, but he was my buddy. Yeah, that's German awesome. German John. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it we is. just had this bond. Now let, let's talk about your, your backpack. You said ten pound. Uh, yeah. What, what, was there anything in there that you could have left behind that you could have left at home? Well, 
initially I had about 20 pounds, but I went to the post Ooh. office in Burgos and I sent my sleeping bag home, my uh, my second pair of Merrill shoes home. I, it cost me 46 euros to mail stuff home, and I did. And then I kind of like – it was pretty rough with a heavier pack. So I, uh, my one friend from New Zealand, Ed, uh, he said, Mike, send this stuff home. So he says, once you get – because I think this was his third uh, third Camino. And he said, just just once you get to Burgos, he says, go to the post office in Burgos. And I saw the Cathedral of Burgos, which was beautiful. He says, mail some of that stuff home. I said – and that's what I did, and it actually helped me with the lighter pack. Because when you plan, you don't know really what – you know, you kind of bring everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I wasn't alone. There's a lot of people that sent stuff home or just left it on the way. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I remember Ronces Valleys that there was a big table there of stuff that you could help yourself to because everybody – you could basically refill a whole pack with everything that people oh, had yeah. left behind. So was there anything that you wish you had taken with you that perhaps you didn't have? I, uh, I had lamp. A headlamp because I walked at night, and what I would do is just uh, take out my cell phone with the light. I did have a headlamp, but uh, I decided that my cell phone light would be better, but it really wasn't. You need that, you know, you need a headlamp. If you're going to get up at five in the morning and start walking, a lot of pilgrims did, you know, your cell phone doesn't cut it because it it drains the battery. I wish I would have brought my headlamp. What about your first aid kit? Did you take a a comprehensive? Yeah, I, I had like. Yes, I did. I had Band-Aids. I had, uh, you know, like ointment, alcohol, a little bit, but not much. You know, not much. You know, if you'd stay at an alberger hostel, they had they had first aid there at the albergues and the hostels, especially the religious hostels, uh, had, had first aid there. You know, I'm just trying to remember now whether I, I think I was in Palace del Rey, and they had... It was like a little emergency ward for for, for, for pilgrims in, like a massage table and all of these rows oh, yeah. and rows and rows of stuff for your feet. It was quite amazing. I'm just thinking about that now. I'm yeah, pretty sure it was Palace del Rey, yeah. Certain Alberta, especially there was a there was a, a church, a religious hostel that had like a, a first aid room. And the monk, you know, would take care of your feet or, you know, and a lot of places had massages. Like you could get a good massage. Yeah. Uh, and I remember the one the one place had a, a massage chair. You play, you know, put a, so many euros in, and it helps. It actually helps. And I like the different albergues. You know, I really like the different, you know, like the the religious ones. I like I call them the hippie albergues that were really cool. There were some cool albergues that were just, you know, the hostels were different. You know, pretty cool, pretty different. Yeah, you know? it was awesome. So, so what about sleep? How did you cope? With the Zeds. Well, you know something, I, I, you know, when you walk all day, you're tired. So I, I really didn't have a problem sleeping. Uh, a few snores here and there, but I, I had, uh, you know, I had um, earplugs for my ears. I was fine. I mean, not many restless nights except for the last one. Uh, I stayed in a gym. Uh, every Alberti was booked. Uh, was I was about 22 kilometers from Santiago. And I stayed in a gym that night on a mat, and that was my worst night of sleeping the last 22 million kilometers because all those albergues were booked up because, you know, you have the last 100 kilometers where you have a lot of, you know, everybody has a different Camino, but they call them the Caminos that are the tourist Caminos, last 100 kilometers. Yeah. And that's fine. Everybody has their own Camino. Everybody's a pilgrim. But that last night, 
I stayed on a gym floor and I was so happy for that gym floor. I felt so, you know, I'm blessed to have this gym floor. And that was the only tough night, but every other night was, was wonderful. I had, you know, earplugs and just the community, uh, the community dinners, the fellowship, the friendships. It was, like I said, it was like family. But one night was a tough night. I slept on a, on a concrete gym floor on a mat. But that was, that was, that was, I was very grateful to have that gym floor. And you know, a lot of people, Michael, say the Camino begins when they get home. Indeed, I read a Facebook post from someone this week who said they're actually depressed one month after their one-month Camino. How did you cope once you'd returned home? Dan, I, 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 I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay. Uh, and I, and I, want, I, actually, I actually wanted to stay and not leave because I told my friends in America that I've never been so liberated and so free and so alive so when I, I got home initially, it was, it was great to see my family, but the whole, there was a hole in my heart again of the people that I met and the angels. And just the way I felt was like, I've never felt so happy in my life being on that trail. Because like I said, the most beautiful souls were on a trail and, and there's angels. I was so alive. And now I got back to the rat race of working driving in the snow like we have in cleveland we have snow lots of snow it's it's not the same you know you're really alive and you're so connected with people and god it's very mystical the camino everyday life is just a grind it's not it's not the same i was alive and i was happy so 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 yeah go on so I was a little depressed. Yeah, yeah, I miss it. I miss the Camino, and I keep in touch with a lot of my friends through Facebook that are in Europe that I, you know, that touch my life, you know, and I'm planning to meet up with them again. I'm making arrangements to to meet up with some of my friends uh, in Reunion, France. Uh, in Reunion, one of my good friends lives in, is, lives in Reunion. I believe that's like an island that's part of France. Reunion, maybe you could help me out. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, Reunion Island. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and he sent me a Reunion calendar and he sent me this nice postcard from Reunion. I'm going to send him a Cleveland Browns t-shirt and a Cleveland, he likes sports and he's really into the football team or the soccer team. So I'm going to send him a Cleveland Browns t-shirt and a Cleveland Cavaliers uh, calendar. And that's just, you know, I said, I'm going to come to Reunion. We're going to meet up again and I'm going to come to the beautiful island of Reunion. And I, just, you know, I, I plan a return. I plan a return to the Camino, but I want it to be right. I want the Camino to call me again because it's like, you know, it's like once you do it the first time, it, it was very powerful. I want to be called again. I don't want to make it like a vacation. I want to make it, I want it to call me again. I'm not ready to go back yet, but I want to go back. Wow. But I want to have that same feeling again. Yeah. I, I don't want it to be like, I want to go back for a vacation. Because I've, I was sharing this with my cousin who went on the Camino, and I says the Camino, you know, it's like it's like the, it's like the first time was so mystical, so powerful. I want that again, but I don't want to go back and make it like a vacation. I want it to call me again, and if it's five years from now, ten years from now, I'm going back. But when it calls me, the Camino calls you. It's like the spirit of the Camino calls you. Yeah, I think that's fantastic that you're going to wait until you get the call, until you yeah, hear the call. To, that's fantastic. It's a calling. Yeah. And if it's if it's authentic, God will bless it. You know, and there's a true spirit on the Camino. And everyone that I've ever, you know, that's a pilgrim says, there's a spirit of the Camino that, that helps you. 
It's true. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. You're it, a, yeah, you're a teacher. Have you had an opportunity to share the story with your students? I wonder what they would make of it. All the Catholic high schools in Cleveland show the way and it's part of their religious curriculum. And I never knew that because I teach math. But they all show the way. So what I try to do is I'm going to this this Christmas actually, you know, this is the last 4 days of before Christmas break. I'm going to show the way and I'm going to explain uh, I've actually done a couple witnesses at, at local high schools on my experience with the Camino and how it changed my life. And we're all wounded and we're all suffering and we're all looking to the, you know, for answers in life. You know, why did this happen? I mean, why does this happen in life? Why do people die? Why do we lose our jobs? Why do we suffer? And I'm going to share that with my students because I work with an inner city population that's on, sub, you know, lives in subsidized housing, you know, subsidized meals. And they're all suffering. And I'm going to try to give them hope that you can get out of this suffering. First of all, if you have a faith and you place all your hope in God alone and you really believe that, that, that you can get through this. Like I never believed that I could do this. And a lot of people doubted me. But just my faith in God and the angels that came along helped me because everybody was saying, Mike, you're crazy. How could you do this? How could you go on this 480-mile walk? you know, or 800 kilometer walk. How could you do this? And I says, well, I'm going to do it because I'm going to place my hope in God alone. So I want to give that back to my students that life is a Camino and you're going to deal with peaks and valleys and you got to have hope and you got to have faith and you can get out of this tough situation, which is poverty. And, you know, if you buy into education and you buy into the, your faith and your belief in God, there, there is hope for change. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, when you said you just touched on it there, you said that life is a Camino. It is. And, and the Camino de Santiago is very much, and I've said this many times on this podcast, a metaphor for life. Some days you think, I'm doing this easy. Some days you think, oh man, I'm not going to make it. Other days you think, right. other days you think, I'm really struggling here, but I'll help somebody else. Uh, Absolutely. You know, um, and you get a great set of, sense of satisfaction out of helping others. And so in many ways, there is a great witness, as you, as you say there, uh, and, and something that we can come back and share with our family and friends, even though a lot of them think that we're driving them nuts constantly talking about the Camino. But there is a kind of witness in just the doing of it, isn't it? Isn't it, Michael? In, in the experience of, 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 of living and sharing it. The Camino becomes part of your soul. Once you experience the Camino, you take it on to, to everyday life. And everyday life, is the Camino and people don't see that because like you, what you just said, Dan, it's, it's about the peaks and valleys of life that the Camino is about. But I think, I think you have to carry the Camino on forever for the rest of your life. And you have to touch people's lives and help them and give of yourself and understand that the Camino is life. And people don't see that until you experience the Camino. The Camino will always be part of me. I mean, I'm a pilgrim for life. And if I can go out and help somebody that's a little down or, or, or has bad luck or, or is, you know, has hit rock bottom. That's what the Camino's taught me, to go out and give of yourself. Give of yourself because people touch my life. I want to go out there and touch their life when they're struggling in the everyday Camino of life. It is. Everyday life is the Camino. What advice would you give to somebody thinking of, of doing the Camino de Santiago, Michael? I would say you have to go with with your heart. You, you know, if you feel a calling and your heart's calling you, definitely do it. But don't go there just to go there because it's the Camino. Go there 
with when you're when it's calling you your heart it's calling to your heart and it's calling you and i would say you know something you got to wear good shoes you got to have the right shoes <laughs> i would wear sandals i would have wool socks i would have a wool shirt i would have the right clothing i would definitely have tons of sunscreen i would have a covering for your uh for your for your head and have a light pack because a, a happy pilgrim is has a light pack you know there's things you need to do and prepare for, but the, the key is to have you know your heart ready to experience many different things and to prepare mentally and physically, but have the right you know tools that you need, like shoes, wool socks, light clothing, you know sunscreen, because you know these are the things that will get you through the Camino. And just just have the right mindset, not, not to quit on yourself. And to understand that you are going to suffer because I knew I was going to suffer, but that's everyday life. You know, you have to, you have to suffer to know what's important in life. So don't quit no matter how hard it gets. Do not quit because when you reach the shrine of St. James, it's, it's the, it's the greatest feeling. I cried like there was no tomorrow, like a child, because all that suffering was worth it was where it was so beautiful to be there to complete a journey with God, with my Camino family, and just enjoy that moment. That's, that's not of this world. It's not of this world. That feeling is very mystical. It it's is. beautiful. Yeah, it sure it's is. Beautiful. So can I ask you something perhaps, perhaps too personal, but have no, you, have you, re- have you reconciled? With your sister and with your yes, father? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Because I was very, I felt abandoned and helpless when my dad died on December 24th, 1986. I felt like I got cheated and I was very upset with God at that time period. Very upset. I actually turned against God for about a good year. And then I realized that my dad's a lot happier because he was suffering with cancer, lung cancer. And then I was very happy uh, and I, that uh, I went on this Camino because I always thought my sister was in hell because she abandoned two little children. My mother ended up taking care of these children when they were little kids because the demon is the heroine that takes over your life. And that's all that mattered. And she died in my mother's house. And I always thought she was in hell because when you abandon the youth and they have problems as adults. And I told them that your mother is in heaven and they broke down crying. I know your mother's in heavens and she loves you. And I got answers that I was looking for because that there was that hole in my heart, two holes. And I got answers because of the Camino. And I know my, uh, my sister's in heaven and she's at peace. And I told her children that, and they're at peace now. And you found peace too, didn't you? I did. I found peace because you carry these, you carry their demons with you and you carry their suffering and now I, I'm at peace because if it wasn't for the way that day, September 13th, and that was the day of my sister's death, September 13, 2016 is when I saw the movie. My, dad, my sister died September 13, 2010. So she was like, you know, the little angel that brought me to that movie and that day and that retreat. And, you know, so I'm at peace now and I'm, and I'm a better man because I have patience and I just know that the greatest gift of living is giving of oneself. And every day is a Camino and you can never give up on yourself. You can never give up. 
you know, you have to always pay it forward and do the yeah. right thing and help people and love people and love them where they're at. Cause I never loved people where they're at. I kind of judged them. So be an angel and welcome angels. Absolutely. Absolutely. My friend. Absolutely. Great advice for all of us in our everyday lives as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Michael, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really, really <laughs> enjoyed our, our, our yarn. Um, I hope our, our paths cross at some stage again. Likewise, my friend. And, and, and thank you for giving me this opportunity. I mean, the grace of God always be upon you and your family. And, and Merry Christmas. Merry and Merry Christmas, Christmas to you too. Thanks for your time and buen camino. Buen camino. God bless. Michael M. Palsisco there from Cleveland, Ohio. And you know that I say often, I have the best job in the world. Well, that 40 minutes talking to Michael was astounding. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. And I know, well, I hope you do too. Remember the Norwegian proverb, only one who wanders finds a new path. I'm Dan Mullins. Thanks for listening. Until next week, Buen Camino. Buen Camino.